0: Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Jesus Podcast. This is Steve. It is great to come to you here on a beautiful September afternoon. I'm sitting here in my office at Columbine United Church with my little blue, actually it's white, it's called a blue snowball, but it's a white snowball microphone. And here's the funny thing, right before I record, I always go around to the church staff and I tell them, don't knock on my door. Don't come down here for the next 45 minutes now. While I'm recording this and they all threaten to do something. Terry, who I share a wall with, is threatened to drop an F-bomb through the wall so it's recorded. Uh, Samantha's gonna come out here sing Christmas carols, and Sarah is just gonna come sing outside my door. Terry also offered to sing an intro, so but so they're all trying to be very, very helpful, but I'm going to pass, and it's just going to be you and me today. So today is episode 53, 53. In this episode, I want to talk about the differences between spirituality, belief, and religion, You know, in my ministry and work with people, I found that there's a lot of confusion and thoughts between these three categories. People kind of uh, mesh them all together, if you will. So I wanted to take some time in this episode to explore them. So let's dive in. I've thought about this. I've got my notes stretched out here before me. I've thought through what I want to share. So let's just kind of go. So here's the first question. Have you encountered someone who says they're not really religious, but they're spiritual? You know, um, maybe this is you. You've left organized religion. You don't like to be defined or pigeonholed into a certain set of beliefs. Yet you feel there's something out there, something bigger than you, something that is flowing through the cosmos that you feel connected to. If this is you, then more than likely you'll agree with the statement that you are spiritual but not religious. What does it mean when someone says they're spiritual? Okay, when someone says they're spiritual but not religious, they're not wanting to be defined or, more importantly, confined by any religious category. Instead, they're wanting to have a broader identification with the greater world of ideas and thoughts. As I said, they feel something bigger than a particular religion, they feel something cosmic yet personal. And they want to connect with. They want to swim in this stream of this cosmic movement. You know, someone who is spiritual but not religious might borrow uh, from an eclectic. what is that word, eclectic? That's it, an eclectic uh, amalgamation of all the different religions. You know, they'll have no problem combining Christianity with Taoism, with Wicca and Hinduism. They'll study Zen and cast spells with pagans. They'll have on their mantle a statue of the Buddha, the Hindu Lakshmi and Lao Tzu. You know, they'll worship uh, a multitude of gods and goddesses. They'll be into crystals and oils and candles. They'll, they'll use anything and everything at their disposal to participate and express what their soul is trying to connect to. You know, others will not use candles or essence or uh, anything like that or altars to um, express their beliefs. Instead, they'll be much more into kind of a, a free spirit soaking up of the people in the world around them. You know, They'll find the Cosmic Presence in a bookstore going through all the different aisles of books. They can find the Cosmic Presence in a pub having a beer with a group of friends sitting in a coffee shop. Journaling in a coffee shop or chatting with some friends. They can experience the cosmic presence at, at a rock concert Like we had Red Rocks here in Denver and people can feel a cosmic presence listening to a rock concert at Red Rocks um, Some of them are into alternative drugs whether it be um, Marijuana, acid or mushrooms uh, They like to use these things to, alt- to, you know, to kind of experience an alternative reality Others will swear off all drugs and alcohol, searching for kind of a a pure form of the cosmic existence. You know, other people are spiritual, but not religious, and they often experience this cosmic presence out in nature. They'll sit beside a river, a lake, or an ocean. They'll dream of nature. They'll plan vacations around being in the outdoors. Uh, Their garages and basements are full of skis and climbing ropes, mountain bikes, and surfboards. Their souls are nurtured when the sun is shining on their face. The wind is blowing in their hair. And they're doing what? Something refreshing with their body? You know, the interesting thing about people who are spiritual but not religious is they will have a difficult time pinning down what they mean by the term "spiritual but not religious" is they can tell you what they're not. They will say, "You know, I'm definitely not a Christian or a Catholic or a Protestant or a Presbyterian, <laughs> all of which are Christian." Some will tie their uh, their spirituality into their politics, and others will say it transcends all political persuasion. But the interesting thing, they won't be able to delineate why they believe the way they do. They'll just know, I like to say, they know in their knower what they know to be true. And they're good with that. They don't need to do any more. They don't have to have it pinned down by detailed beliefs. And they don't want someone to pin them down either. They just like being a free spirit. Now, maybe this is you. Maybe I've just described you. Now, the fun thing is... In many ways, I've just described myself. You know, my spirituality transcends my religion. You know, I am religion, more religious, more on that in a minute. But, you know, I mess around with all the different religions. My bookshelves are full of Buddhism and Taoism and Hinduism and Muslim and Wicca, pagan and Native American spirituality. You know, um, at my home, I have an altar that has crystals and pendulums, candles and sage You know, I'll smudge myself, the dog, the cat, and Phoebe when she's sleeping. Poor Phoebe. She thinks all of my spiritual stuff is kind of woo-woo and out there. But (laughs) whatever floats your boat, I guess. But for me, at one point I had a crystal ball. I loved it. I, I could never figure out how to make it work. Maybe it needed batteries. But it was fun to mess with and to think about how other people have used a crystal ball as a part of their spirituality. Um, I recognize all the Shabbat's of the pagan calendar every six weeks. There's another Shabbat celebration I love essential oils. I'm really kind of a um, olfactory person. I love smells and and essence so the different essential oils I love in my office. I have a huge rose quartz and a purple amethyst and I have them on my table here in my office, not because they're pretty, which they are, but because I believe they emit a certain energy. They kind of draw people to them immediately and they kind of emit a certain, what, kind of a spiritual energy. I have a small <clears throat> small altar in my office with candles, uh, kind of silver, small silver communion uh, elements on it, a chalice. A plate, a little uh, serving thing where the bread is kept. I even have my great-grandfather's Bible on it. Really old Bible. He was a Baptist preacher. And he would die to know that his Bible was sitting on an altar below a, below a picture of a Buddhist monk. <laughs> I, I love that. I listen to indigenous music. I will drum, shake a rattle. I play a wooden flute. A, A Native American flute. I use it as part of my morning devotionals. I believe in spirit animals. Since I was a child I knew that the bear was my spiritual animal. I wear a cross with a bear around my neck. A bear is huge in my dreams and in my expression of my kind of my spirituality, not religious. I can't really work uh, spirit bears into my Christian practice, but it's a huge part of my spirituality. I practice yoga uh, Not for the exercise but for the spiritual discipline, you know, I don't do any drugs Um, I'm not into drugs at all. I, I think drugs are a scourge upon society And so I just shun any and all drugs and I don't think People need to have drugs to have a spiritual experience. I once had a long conversation um, with somebody who was wanting to uh, develop their spirituality through acid and through uh, pot and um, mushrooms. And they asked me what I thought of it, and I I said, you know, I think these are a crutch for people who more just want to have uh, an experience with drugs and not really looking for something spiritual, but that's me. I just, I don't do drugs or want drugs. I also, like, I don't drink alcohol. I think alcohol is another scourge upon our society. I think it destroys life, so it's not a part of my spirituality in any way, shape, or form. I kind of yearn for a purest form of experience. So, you know, um, I meditate daily and I have for as long as I can remember, I've had a daily practice of meditation. And I've always wanted to do was sweat. I've always wanted to go on a vision quest. I love nature and experience God on horseback. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of spiritual. Yet I take my spirituality the next step and I can tell you about my beliefs. For me, I thought about my spirituality enough that I can tell you why I do the things I do, what they mean to me, and how they're a reflection of my beliefs. So what are beliefs? Well, okay, so let's think about this. Beliefs, here's kind of a definition I wrote out. Beliefs are the codification of spiritual practice. Um, let me say that again. It's a codification, a spiritual practice. It's like going from jello to wet cement. Um, jello would be kind of a spirituality that kind of shakes and moves and kind of can go wherever you want it to do where if, when you practice your beliefs or you develop your beliefs, you kind of put them together into a into what would, I would say wet cement. You've kind of codified, you put it together. And you know, when someone can tell you what they believe, um, I think they've spent some intentional time thinking through their spirituality. They've spent some time with some academics and maybe some philosophy. They've intellectualized their spirituality into a set of statements about what their spirituality means to them. Not only are they able to you know, celebrate the sacred dimensions of life, but they're able to tell you why something is sacred. They'll tell you, why about it. They'll tell you it's history. They'll tell you why it's significant for them, as well as for others like them. They have thought through it. They can write it down. They can write a statement of beliefs. You know, I really believe that when people are pushed, even spiritual people, I believe everybody has a set of beliefs that guide them. some religious people again that's also me more in a minute who go over the top with their beliefs like presbyterians presbyterians oh go way over the top with their beliefs and since i am a presbyterian i can critique them you know presbyterians have a huge book of confessions um and maybe you've seen the book of confessions or you've heard me talk about the book of confessions it's really kind of an interesting history the confessions go all the way back to the second century with the apostles creed and then literally from every century of these past two thousand years there's a creed and a confession you know these creeds are statements of belief if you ask a presbyterian pastor what they believe A lot of them will drag out the Book of Confessions and take you through them. Again, since I'm a Presbyterian, I can comment, you know, I like the Book of Confessions. I kind of, uh, as part of my daily devotion, sometimes I will read a part of a confession, just to kind of keep them uh, bubbling around, burbling around, (laughs) if that's a word, bubbling around, you know, in my faith and in my spirituality and my beliefs. I want to kind of tap into the history and that's what the book confessions is uh, history and some of the confessions are they're terrible the theology is so out of date and archaic i mean it's hard to read them i read some of what the statements of belief and it's like oh my gosh i don't believe this at all but it's there as part of the history if you will of the presbyterian church now there are some of the uh, of the creeds, conf- creeds in the Book of Confessions that are beautiful, and they're prophetic. Some of them, um, literally probably from the last, what, uh, 40, 50 years, there's some great confessions in there. They really are prophetic about uh, life and culture. The Barman Confession goes all the way back to World War II. And as a statement about not ever uh, uh, allowing something like the Third Reich to affect uh, the Christian faith ever again. So the Barman Confession, there's a the Confession of 1968. There's just several really good confessions that when you read through them, it's like, you know, or at least when I read through, through them, I can look at them and say, no, 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 nope, I don't believe this. But then there's others that I read where I go, yeah, I believe this this says exactly what it is that's on my heart. And that's, I think, the powerful thing for Presbyterians is, because we're a confessional uh, denomination, that those things speak to my beliefs. Now, they don't speak to everybody's beliefs. Uh, you don't, like, Methodists would not agree with the Book of Confessions and definitely The United Church of Christ would not I'd agree with the Book of Confessions. But they each have their own different set of beliefs at different denominations, but for us Presbyterians, that Book of Confessions is meaningful. It says something, you know. Um, uh, kind of, I have a, a lot of beliefs, as I've mentioned. You know, I have a lot of beliefs about God. I have beliefs about Christ, about Buddha, about Krishna. I have beliefs about Muhammad. I have beliefs about the Bible, the Quran, the Bhagavad Gita, and the Tao Te Ching. You know, many of my beliefs I've written down. I also have beliefs about ethics. I have beliefs about mental health and physical health. And you know, I'm also not shy about telling you what I believe. You know, part of it is my profession. I'm paid to talk about beliefs and get you to believe, to think through for yourself what it is you believe. But I talk about my beliefs because I also believe strongly in what I believe and you can't really get me to sway too much from what I believe I'm more than willing to engage in dialogue but my beliefs are kind of so strongly held that you're never gonna sway me from my beliefs and more than likely I won't stray you uh, pull you stray you pull you away pull you away from your beliefs you know the important thing uh, or the important point I'm trying to make is that beliefs are the natural next step to move from spirituality. You know, I sometimes wonder if it's a step going from spirituality to belief in spiritual development. At some point, I think in the spiritual journey, you have to think through the woo-woo, the jello part of faith, and put a little thought into it and ask, well, why do I believe the way I do? Why do I believe uh, that I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual? I think if you haven't done that, if you're someone who is spiritual but not religious, then I encourage you to spend some time and write down your answers. Write down the answers to, I believe. I believe what about Wicca? I believe what about pagan religion? I believe what about gods and goddesses? I believe what about Buddhism? I believe what about that? In other words... Take some time and do a little bit of philosophy. Do some academics. Engage in dialogue with this with people. You know, in the last episode, I challenged people to think through what they believed about what happens to you after you die. You know, I really hope you take that challenge to heart because if you do think through what happens to you after you die, it will lead you to all types of beliefs about God about Christ, about God's will, about world religions, and the afterlife no, I I really want to encourage you, get it figured out what is it that you believe write it down you can read somebody else's beliefs, all of the book of confessions but don't let anybody do the hard work for you, don't take anybody else's beliefs as your own Figure out for yourself what it is that you believe. Okay. Now, from spirituality, you go from beliefs to religion. Now, listen to this. It's like going from jello to wet cement to concrete. So, if uh, if beliefs are the codification of spirituality, then religion. Is the concretization of beliefs. Did you catch that? When you have your beliefs and you want to make them into religion, it becomes concrete, wet cement I mean, wet cement to concrete. Religion is the concretization of beliefs. When someone is religious uh, They're able to take their spirituality and beliefs and organize them They've taken their spirituality beliefs and they have said, this is not just what I believe But it's sacred It's sacred to me It's sacred to us Which is a huge point, a key point about someone who is religious Someone who is religious is almost always involved in a like-minded community of people who hold similar beliefs Think, I mean, people who hold similar beliefs Think about what is a Christian church? What is a Buddhist Sangha? What is a Muslim mosque or a Jewish temple? that is people who have gathered together people who are religious who are gathered together in a community like you know the Christian Church is a key part being a part of a church is a key part of what it means to be a religious Christian being part of a Buddhist Sangha is one of the three jewels of Buddhism the Sangha is that community uh, a community of gathered Buddhists I mean it's a huge part Uh, Muslims gather together on Friday and worship and and Jews in a temple. I mean, people who are religious usually gather together with other like-minded people. You know, and it's interesting. Is humanity has a long storied history with religion. Uh, you know, as long as there have been human beings, there has been a religion. There are so many books that are written on the history of humanity and religion. I mean, it's an ancient, ancient things. As long as there has been people, they've they've organized themselves into things that are secular and things that are sacred they made this delineation between what is everyday in their lives and what is sacred in their lives and kind of the cool thing is that the further you go back in human history with religion is there have been less of a separation between sacred and sec or sec between secular and sacred You know, in the uh, ancient people, they believed in this interweaving of the dynamic between sacred and secular, so much so they believed that they needed to be actively sacrificing to the different gods and goddesses, because these gods and goddesses were going to have a direct effect on their everyday life, so that it was an interweaving. And then the more that human society has developed, it became more of a separation. Uh, into the second secular and sacred um, Like to where we are right now. I mean, I think uh, There's more of a movement right now to kind of bring back the interweaving of safe, sacred and secular and maybe that's what the um, spiritual but not religious people have taught us is that there's this weaving between uh, secular and sacred so much so that there's not a delineation between the two we Religious people uh, have usually—they've said something is sacred. They've taken their beliefs and they've formalized it. They usually have set aside writings as being sacred, um, like uh, the Quran, like the Bhagavad Gita, uh, like the um, the Dhammapada for Buddhists, like the Bible for Christians. They most religions have a sacred set of writings. Also. Most religions have um, a sacred set of music, you know, all religions have sacred music of some kind, whether it be chants or choirs or bands, you know, when people religious get together, you know, they they usually do a couple things. They usually kind of have some type of prayer or meditation. They usually have a, a reading from their sacred literature. They usually have some type of commentary. About uh, someone speaking about what the sacred literature means and then almost invariably there's going to be chants Choirs contemporary bands that are playing Um, There's as long as people have had religions they've had music, you know um, The challenge about the human history of religion is religions have a nasty habit of claiming that their religion is the one true religion. Christians do this like crazy, you know. Unless you're a Lutheran, you're not, you know, truly a Christian. If you're not a Catholic, then you're not a part of the one true church. If you're not, you know, um, a Church of Latter Day Saint, a Mormon, then you're not a part of the one true church. You know, this has caused all types of problems uh, because despite what their religion. Uh, the religious leaders might say about peace, the adherents always end up fighting about what religions is right among Christians. This is so, especially among Christians. This is so. One of the things I've always said about Christians is, you know, it's kind of like you know uh, my take on when Jesus says, "Whenever two or more are gathered in My name, there I am also." The Poohs-Benson take on that is whenever two or more are gathered in Christ's name, there's bound to be a fight. Christians fight over what they believe and who is right and who is wrong. You know, people fight over their religion and their beliefs. Wars have been fought over religion. Crusades have been waged. Countless millions of lives have been lost, all in the name of that which is holy. This is... The worst part of religion and people who are who have fled religion and have said that they're spiritual but not religious They've often fled because of the violence that um, That religions have caused throughout the years, so but then I also say religion can be the most beautiful thing to experience and be a part of You know, I'm pretty religious I'd love being a part of a religion. Something, it participates in something that is larger than myself. I love being around something that has been around for a couple of centuries. You know, I strongly identify being a Christian. You know, I love the stories, the rituals, the liturgies, the prayers, the holy texts. I love being with a group of people who are all singing together and praying together. For me, there's something profound about being with a group of people who are mourning or celebrating someone or something. You know, for me, being a part of a religion like Christianity, you know, it organizes my life. It organizes my week, my month, and year into a Christian calendar. I love the movement of the seasons from Advent to Christmastide to Epiphany. Uh, to um, Easter, to Lent, to Easter tide, to Ordinary time—that whole movement—and then the the week, the weekly movement of you know church being every seven days, and then you have the high holy days—you have Christmas and Easter and Pentecost, you know—and then all the little holiday, church holidays throughout the year it gives a sacredness to the movement of time. You know, it's like one of the things I really appreciate about. The uh, religion of Wicca and the pagan spiritualities Is that their movement of Shabbats is a definite Breaking up of time into or breaking up the year into sacred times They have their high holy days which for them Marks the different seasons and their Spirituality is so tied to the movement of nature That they're really connected with nature Something that I think Christianity could really borrow from, and that is that if we could tie our faith deeper into the movement of nature. But in, but anyways, we, I love the movement of time through the year that Christianity brings. Okay, now also there's a lot of BS that you have to wade through. In fact, there's so much politics and bad behavior among religious people that it can make you either wince, vomit, or run. You know, I think recently uh, all the politics and bad behavior and religion has caused a mass exodus from organized religion It's so all the BS, the hypocrisy, the male-dominated hierarchy and the anti-gay, anti-progressive, anti-earth sentiments You know, I think that this has caused, I'm not talking about Christianity, but it's it's caused Christians to flee from Christianity because of all this uh, male-dominant, hierarchy, anti-gay, anti-progressive, anti-earth. People are saying, I just want to be a part of that. But while they have left religion, they haven't left their soul, so they become spiritual but not religious. You know, as I said, I'm kind of um, a very religious person. There's something about the historical Jesus and the cosmic Christ that Grabs my imagination and soul. The Christian faith speaks to me. You know, I love the Bible. I study it daily. I also love all the traditions of the church. I love that I'm part of something that has had billions of adherents over the past 2,000 years. I love being a part of a church community. I love walking with people through life. I just, I love being a minister. I love you know celebrating and worshiping and baptizing and marrying and burying people i love sunday i can't wait for sunday to come come wednesday i can't wait for sunday to come again you know maybe it's just because i'm a pastor i like to joke that i'm a professional christian but i have to remind myself that i get paid to do this great job i love being spiritual i have strong beliefs And I'm also a very religious person. So I ask myself, I wonder if there's a way to have the best of all three. Is there a way we can encourage people to dive into their spirituality, think through their beliefs, and gather together in a sacred community with other like-minded folks? You know, religion doesn't have to mean coming to church on Sunday. I think religion can be pretty expansive. How can we help people be expansive in their religion. So, what are you? Are you spiritual? Have you thought through your beliefs? Are you a part of religion? Your one major learning I want to offer is wherever you are on this spectrum, we need to have tolerance for people who believe differently from us. It's like the bumper sticker. We need to coexist. Actually, I believe we need to go far beyond coexisting. But I'll start with coexisting. We need to honor each other's spirituality, honor each other's beliefs, and definitely honor each other's religions. It's pretty simple. Be humble. Be humble. You're not, you don't have the corner on the market of truth. Other people are going to experience the sacred in ways different from you. Be humble. It's you know, I also think it's a lot of fun to discover what other people think is sacred. All right, man, we've covered a lot of ground today. So uh, thank you for listening to the Cowboy Jesus podcast. You know, Please tell your friends about this podcast. Share with them the link. Share it on Facebook. I always post this on Facebook. So if you found it on Facebook, share it. Help me get the word out. Um, also look for my blog, um, also Cowboy Jesus. You can find it if you uh, go to the URL stevescowboyjesus.blogspot.com. You can uh, find it there, but I always post it on my Facebook page, Rev. Steve Poos-Benson, as well as my professional page, Dr. Steve poos It's on Twitter. It's also on LinkedIn. I try to get it out as far as I can. Also, look for my Wednesday shout-outs. If you haven't seen my shout-outs, they're brief, under-three-minute spiritual lessons, kind of for the middle of the week on Wednesday. I post them on YouTube and Facebook A lot of different ways to connect and share different ideas. I so appreciate you listening to the podcast. I hope you have a great day and a great week. Let's stay in touch. Thanks. We'll see you. Bye.